This week on Merchants of Change, we've got Darnell Shiver. Darnell served in the Army before spending a decade in IT and higher education. Today, he is an intent team SDR2 at Limble CMMS. He is our first guest that is an alumni of the Shift Group program. Here he is, Darnell Shiver. co-founder and CEO of The Shift Group, and you're listening to Merchants of Change. This is a podcast about transferring the skills and behaviors we acquire as athletes and military veterans into becoming a professional salesperson. Each week, we'll introduce you to a top performer who will help us understand how they became professional merchants of change. What's up, kid? Today on the show, we've got Darnell Shiver. Don, Darnell, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Can't can't believe it's been four months already. I love it, man. <laughs> this good is a, to see you, JR. Thanks for good, having me. Good to see you. This is a special episode for our audience, uh, everyone. Dar- Darnell is our first our first shift group alumni to join the show. And for people that are new to the show, um, our show is really built for new sellers and people who are considering a career shift into sales. And our mission at Shift Group is simple. We help elite athletes and military veterans become elite sales professionals. And Darnell is a great example of that. And all of our guests are former athletes and veterans who are who have found or are finding success in sales. And, and like I told you before we started recording, uh, Darnell, our structures start with your military career. We're going to hit your transition into civilian life. And then we're going to close it out with some lessons you've learned in sales and business so far. Sound good? Yep. Sounds great. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So when you look back at, um, we, we kind of start with an intentionally broad question. When you look back at your military career, what do you think of like some of the key milestones or experiences that you had that have, have really shaped who you are today? So when I when I joined the military, I was in my 20s and I, I initially wanted to join out of high school, but my family talked me out of it. And um, so this is the second time around and I I joined up and it was really at a I think a, a very important time for me to join because I felt like I had no structure in my life and um, I was living in L.A. and big city and um, it was definitely what I needed at the time. And, um, and so I think that one milestones, um, once I got into the military and got in that team atmosphere, I think that it really was perfect for me and I, I just loved it. And a milestone that, um, I noticed that I quickly got was just being tossed into leadership positions. Like my, my, um, my drill sergeants, they really believed in me and thought that I had a lot of maturity. (laughs) probably more than I thought about myself. Um, but um, but uh, yeah, so uh, the first big milestone that I had that stands out was I was the Distinguished Honor Graduate um, in AIT, which is Advanced Individualized Training um, for, my, um, for, my, for my job, for my military job, which was uh, in tech also. So just being um, able to be noticed and, um, you know, picked out of you know, a couple thousand people in the battalion. That was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, definitely that stands out. And and then also 
you know, coming back into military life, or coming back into civilian life, I should say, um, like I mentioned, discipline was was something that I definitely needed pretty bad. And um, when I came back into civilian life, it was just there and it just it just clicked. I don't know if there's any other way to put it, but it I just got it. Like anything that I literally put my mind to, it was necessary. It, it was definitely like, OK, I'm going to get it not how long it's going to take. It's just how am I going to get it? I'm, I know I'm going to have it and I'm going to figure it out. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I believe like discipline, discipline is a muscle, right? And I think like mm -hmm. the, the service specifically, like it, it forces you to, to work on that muscle like every single day because you're ultimately what, the, what is discipline? It's doing stuff that you don't want to do even though you don't want to do it and doing it anyway. Right. And I think in the military, you're doing a lot of stuff every single day. That's really hard and you have to show up and do it. Right. So it kind of, it builds that muscle over time. Right. Absolutely. And it's fascinating when you mention it that way, because it's, it's, it's a, a muscle that you're building to be prepared to be uncomfortable and, and always you know, no matter what situation you're tossed into, just figure it out, figure your way out and be successful. Now go. So I think that, you know, when you come back into civilian life and um, you, you're put in situations that aren't, you know, that it, it, it's almost in a way an advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a hundred percent, hundred percent. It's an advantage. Now, we always ask everybody this and, I, and I'm excited to hear your answer. Like when you look back at your time in the army, what are, what are, what are, and, and you think of, I just say, think of some of your favorite teammates. What are the traits and characteristics that some of those favorite teammates all, all share in common? Just, I think that the number one thing that comes up is, um, you know, selflessness, um, the, the the willingness to put the team ahead of of yourself is just one thing that I, I believe that I I have and you know some top teammates that I can think of just off the top of my head had without question and um, you know that's what it really takes um, I think to be successful in those situations um, as well as civilian life you know it it really can't all be about me, 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 me. How, how can I get all the, all the Scrooge McDuck's coins for myself and uh, look around at everyone else like, ha ha, <laughs> I win. Um, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It may, I mean, the answer makes so much sense to me because, I mean, military service in and of itself is one of the most selfless acts that I think somebody can partake in. Like, you know, going, going to, to serve your country is clearly about something much bigger than yourself. So that makes a ton of sense. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, we're going to get into the business side, but I'm sure you're seeing the best teammates you have and the best leaders you have share a lot of, of, of those things in common with those people. How do you think, how do you think your teammates from the army would, would have described you back, back when you served Darnell? Uh, I think that they would have described me as somebody that stays calm when things are absolutely chaotic. I, I think I probably get that from my my grandma. Um, 
you know, she taught me a, a lot and, uh, you know, definitely, you know, how to, how to weather the storm in chaotic situations. And so I think I've bought that into my adult life. And so I think that's, that's probably the number one thing that I would get, you know, said about me. That's, those times, that's awesome. Sure. That's amazing. Um, now I'm, I'm curious to know, like you talked about one of your fondest memories. Um, is that what you would say you're most proud of? Is that achievement that you got? Yeah. Yeah. That one, um, I was, I was in the reserves. Um, that was, um, a big one for me. I, um, did part of my, um, service, you know, back in California. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a big one. Um, my grandma actually got to be a part of that ceremony. So that was kind of cool. That is so cool. That is so cool. Let's, let's, um, let's move into the transition a little bit, Darnell. Um, you know, I think one thing that we're trying to get better at is educating the rest of the market, right? 6% of, of people in the U S have, have served in the military. Currently 1% of the U S population is serving. So most people don't know like what it means. Um, and they, and they definitely don't understand that transition. Right. So tell me like, from your perspective, why do you think the transition from military life to civilian life can be tough on a lot of our vets? Um, I think number one, when you first come out of, uh, you know, that kind of situation, it's a, it's a psychological challenge, you know, as far as like, okay, you're being told when to, when to get up, when to go to sleep, basically when to do everything. And now you're coming into a situation where, you know, you can, you can make the rules yourself. And I think that I, I noticed for, I can speak for myself. And I know that when I came out of that situation back into civilian life, it did take some adjustment. Um, I think that, um, you know, it's, 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 I think it's hard for people that have never been in that situation to understand vets. And I think that, I think that the, there's like a stereotype about, you know, what veterans are, what they can handle, if they're going to snap and, you know, there's all this stuff that's not, not true at all. Totally. And I think that it, it, it really boxes in a lot of vets into, into this, uh, position where it's like, what, well, what can they do? What can they be hired to do if you only see them in this box? Um, and so I think that in itself is a huge challenge uh, for vets. I, I was fortunate when I got out of the military um, that I was able to um, work at UCLA. Yeah. And um, I worked there for about a, I worked there for, for about a decade. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine if I didn't have that opportunity, you know, Um how, how do you think, so like we, there's a lot of business leaders like me who are huge supporters of the military and a lot of them don't even know like where to start when it comes to like helping veterans make that transition easier or smoother. So, you know, part of our audience are, are people that, you know, lead businesses, lead sales organizations. How do you think these people can in the private sector, what are some things that they can think about or, or do that can help it help guys like you and, 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 you know, your colleagues make that transition easier and smoother. I think that the hiring process needs to be deconstructed in a sense um, and, and just put back together in a way that makes it 
more of a level playing field for, I guess, the ideal candidate that, you know, the private sector may be looking for. Because I think that when, when, when you have constraints that, okay, my ideal candidate must meet X, Y, and Z. And if you have somebody come from the military that may have some of the traits that you need, but doesn't have X, Y, Z per se on their resume, then you'll never even, you never even get the opportunity to see what they can do. Um, so I think that there's, there needs to be some kind of way to, um, to deconstruct the way that they are looking at the hiring process. I think that what shift group does is, is fantastic because I know when I was applying, it was, it was really hard for me to get a sales job. And I, came into, you know, looking for a job as a tech expert, right. somebody that had done this at a, at a high level and someone yeah. that has worked in business. I've, I've also worked in business and it was still really, really, really hard for me to get a job in tech sales. Um, so I think that, you know, what you guys are doing is, is spot on and, and we need a, a, a thousand percent more of it. I think like, you know, you talk about, well, he doesn't, he or she doesn't have X, Y, Z, but they, they have ABC, right? Like they have these intangible characteristics, this mindset that is likely going to set them up for success, but they don't have X, Y, Z and, and they index too hard to X, Y, Z when X, Y, Z are typically things that you can learn in like weeks or months. Whereas like, these intangible Probably. characteristics, these mindsets, these these take years to develop and, right. and decades to develop. So, like, I think they need a little bit more understanding of the difference between what you bring to the table and like what they ideally would like in a candidate. But like, is that really important? Like, compared to these things, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I totally agree with that because it's like if it's like okay if you. If you need, let's say, A, A B, and C are your must-haves that you think you have to have, but you want to coach somebody up to to be highly coachable, and you you hire them and they're they're not coachable at all, and they're not they're, they're not going to be coachable at all. Right. And it's like you just really wasted your time. Whereas you you have a, a pool of people that are coming from the military that have proven in the most in the most stressful of situations that they are extremely highly coachable. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Make it make sense, JR. Make it make sense. <laughs> We're trying, dude. We're trying. Uh, your, your, your path was interesting. You talked, you just talked about it a little bit. Like you were, you lived, you, you got out of the army and you got into the, into the tech world. You, you kind of parlayed that technical experience you developed in the army and you really lived on like in our, in your new parlance in the in the sales world, you lived on the customer side for a, for a long time. Can you tell me a little bit about like how did how did you end up going down that that IT path um, specifically? Yeah, so with IT, that was my job in um, in the army, and so I've I've actually been you know fascinated with technology since I was in high school. I moved around a, a ton as a kid, and I think that. That was probably my, um, you know, my solace. Like, no matter what, I had technology. I was meeting new people every single year, but but I always had technology. And um, you know, when I um, came time for me to pick a career path, 
when I joined the military, it was an easy choice. And so when I got out and um, I was looking for jobs, I um, I worked for this temp agency that that got me um, a placement at UCLA. And so um, I stayed there for a few months and the placement ended up like being done. And, um, and so I did a couple odd jobs in the meantime, and then I got called back a couple of years later and got rehired by UCLA. And I was there for about a decade. So I got promoted up, promoted up a lot of times. Um, my manager actually, left the original location that I got hired at and brought me to a new location. So it was, it was an, an amazing experience at UCLA. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you were in a very exciting space in, in the cloud, right? That's kind of where I spent cloud infrastructure. Yeah. A huge part of yeah. my career. So you're, you're dealing with like EC2 instances and, and trying to think about, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. architecture and all these things. And, where does where does sales come into your brain? Like, where are you like, man, I should be selling this this type of stuff. Like, how did that all happen, Darnell? Yeah, so it's it's interesting, you know, from like you said, from going to a place where I'm, you know, transferring physical servers to cloud servers and kind of managing that every day for UCLA. Um, you know, before that experience at UCLA happened. Uh, one of my best friends, best friend, best man at my wedding. Um, he's actually an AE at a at another company, and so when we lived together before I even worked at UCLA, before I even joined the military, um, he was in tech sales and he still is. And I listened to him on his calls, and his wife is also in, in tech sales as well. And I listened to them, you know, talking about it. And like, man, what are they talking about? <laughs> I don't have time for this. So. <laughs> Fast forward to like earlier this year and I'm, you know, picking his brain and trying to figure out like how, how does this work? Because um, through some other um, ventures, I had been able to, um, to work for some, some, uh, some, some brands. And so I, I had some, some background in, in, in next space. And I started um, my career actually as a, um, a manager in B2C at a Ruby Tuesday. Yeah, I remember. Um, I saw and that. So, and so, you know, I I really just started picking his brain about tech sales and, um, you know, he shared what he, what, what he thought that I may need. And uh, the rest was really me just going down a rabbit hole and just like trying to figure out as much as I could from the internet and um, which was, which was quite a bit. And then, like I said, I um I was looking for for gigs, couldn't find anything, and then I found Austin. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And and what was like your your experience going through our training? What did, what did like were there things that you picked up that you hadn't heard from? Like I'm sure we get into details that you had never talked about with your with your old roommate there. But like, what do you think was the biggest the biggest takeaway from going through our program? In your opinion. I think the biggest takeaway and the thing that I was not doing is um, properly um, properly expressing the intangibles that I had in a way that was digestible to the hiring managers. I think that that was something that I, I was totally 
failing on, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you. And and when I when I when I met with Dylan and we we went over the package and you know we prepared and Sean also was huge in that and and just going over you know the stuff that I, I got, but I wasn't necessarily presenting it in the in the way that's gonna put me in the best light. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I think that's something that that you guys do like just an excellent job of just preparing folks to just go out there and crush it. The um, some of the like hard skills that you're using now in your day to day job, do you feel like you were a little bit more prepared versus just walking off the street in terms of like researching, cold calling, cold emailing, like those types of things? Was it helpful? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that um, the you know, the skills that you got that we went over when I was in the training were super helpful. You know, I, like, like I mentioned, I'm coming from a background as an engineer where I'm handling complex issues. Totally. This is, this is something that I was, you know, <laughs> all in for. <laughs> I love it. All in for and, and ready to just like go full steam. And I think that, you know, the, the, um, the push that you guys, um, you know, gave and, you know, the confidence that you had in me, as well as, um, you know, the buddy that I mentioned, I think that was, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was great. Good combo. Mm -hmm. Um, now this is, now you're going to be speaking to like a veteran who's listening to this a little bit. And, and let's say someone from the army approaches you, their, their retirement's coming up. Um, they call you and they're like, you know, Darnell, I'm, I'm thinking about considering starting a sales career. What, what type of questions are you, would you ask somebody to help them decide if sales might be a good fit for them? The number one question that I think that I would ask is, like, are you prepared to, to completely reset and, and to just put everything into this? Like, like, as a, as if like everything depends on like you, like being successful like, do you have what it takes to maybe fall flat on your face at first and keep going? Because I think that, you know, anything that you start brand new, there's there's some kind of level of expected initial failure, right? Yeah. Like, are you, are you going to be able to bounce back from that? I think that that's something that's enormous. Like, totally, totally. It's like, and go ahead. No, I was doing some research on, you know, like, you know, how many people like stay in, stay in tech sales jobs initially. And it was, it was not high. <laughs> it was not very high. And, uh, you know, I'm coming from like, like I, I'm, like I said, I was with the company for 10 years. Like I stay, I stay with jobs for a long time and I'm, I know that I'm in it for the long haul. But when I saw that it was not high, I, I asked myself, well, why is that? Why is that? And then, you know, you go through those first like couple of days and you're like, oh, okay. I can see how this could weed some people out. <laughs> it's so true though. But like, listen, I think it's a great question because really what you're asking them is like, are you willing to bet on yourself? Because this is a career where you, you literally have to bet on yourself. You're going to bet, you know, as you move up the stack, you're going to know like an account executive, you're putting 50% of your compensation on the line on January 1st at the beginning of every single year. And mm -hmm. that's 
doing as, as someone who did it for 16 years, that's not an easy pill to swallow unless you're ready for it. So that's a really good question to think about if you want, if you want to do this or not. Um, now you've been off to a, a, a hot start, which is not a surprise, um, you know, based off of, of what our team has experienced with you and what I've seen myself. Uh, I, but part of it is you're, you're at a great company, right? Um, and that's Absolutely. a second, that's a second thing that I think is hard for people to think about, right? So the kid gives you a great answer on, on why, he, on, on, on your question. What's your advice to him on like what kind of company to look for, to go land at? I think that, um, leadership is huge. I think that, um, you know, having, having competent leaders at, at the top is, is, is massive because, you know, if, if that's the case, then I think that the sky's the limit. Yeah. That's the case that I'm in right now. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with the place that, um, I ended up at. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just, uh, you know, our CEO is just, um, somebody that, you can tell just really loves what he does. And, um, and I think that when you, when you have that top down enthusiasm about, about going to work and waking up every morning, it's contagious to everyone. Totally. totally. And, and I think that that would be number one. Um, that would be number one on the list. Um, because yeah, without that, it's, it's, it's not going to be quite the case. Um, and I, I would say the other thing would be growth potential. Where do you want to, where do you want to be six months, a year, two years, five years from now? And is that something that is an open conversation to be had? Is, is, is there any path for, for growth where you're at? Um, those, those are huge things. It's amazing. Huge, huge things. That's awesome. I can tell you were paying attention during the training because that's what I say too. Oh, Leadership yeah. <laughs> and growth. That's it's forget about. I mean, listen, like you're you're fortunate. You're aligned in a product that that you know you've got some understanding around. Most people don't have that um, that ability, but like that's very secondary. The product, the ICP. Like if you get a good leader and you're in an organization where you can grow. There's always going to be opportunity down the road to go sell something that, you know, like the back of your hand or that you're passionate about. Like really at the, at the beginning, it's really about who you're going to learn from, what you're going to learn from them. And what is that learning going to turn into from like a growth and experience and compensation perspective? So I think you hit the nail on the head. And here. I gotta, I gotta also add one thing. Um, I gotta say mentors too. Yes. Mentors are so huge. Like mentors have been, big in my life and in my career in general. And I, I would say to get around as many mentors, people that are doing ideally much better than you are. Like yes. it's, it's one thing to get around a bunch of people that are, you know, maybe like at the same level as you and, and that, and that's all good to, you know, push each other ahead, but you want to have those people that are, that are light years ahead of you, so to speak, that can like tell you, how the path, how the path has been for them and what may be some things that you can sidestep, you know, on your way to success. A hundred percent. It's like, you, you got to go find people you admire that, that you want to emulate because they're going to guide you on how, how to do that. Right. Like that's, that's really good advice. And you, and I, you know, knowing some of the, 
the team. And it's not just people at your company. It should be people outside your company too. That's a huge part of it. Um, so you talked about how like we helped you craft your story uh, for hiring managers to, to see why you'd be a great candidate. Now, you've been in the, in the seat for a little while now. From your experience, what are you seeing translate the most from your military experience to your success in corporate America? I think that the the biggest thing um, that's been helpful for me is that that ability to not like panic. I think that whatever wh- wherever I got that from has helped me tremendously. It, it's it's almost like Jr. It's like I wake up in the morning sometimes, and it just feels like every morning is a call blitz, and I love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like i'm a i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm going to talk to as many people as i can and i'm i want to help as many people that will let me and i don't care about objections i welcome objections it's like it, it it's like when you it's like i don't know it's hard to explain but um you know going through the military experience being in in tech for so long you see all of that stuff and I understand that maybe everyone that comes through isn't going to have the tech bra- tech background. Okay. But if you've been a, a, an elite athlete or if you've been um, a veteran, you've been in situations very similar. Totally. Very, very, very similar. Totally. Totally. Now you've, you're, you're putting up, you're putting up numbers on the scoreboard on, on cold calling. What do you, what do you like, what do you think, what are you doing? That's like, you know, this is a little nugget, really good nugget for our audience. Like what, what is the mindset and what is like the strategy and execution look like for you in a cold call? Uh, so I think, I think for me, I, I, I want to give myself as many reps as possible. So number one is whatever the requirement of the calls is, I'm going to do more than that. And I think that um, the the mindset that I go in to, excuse me, on a cold call is, look, this person doesn't know me. So if, if it goes left and there's some objections or I, I catch them at a bad time, it, it, it can't be personal because the person doesn't know me, right? So let me just go into it with a mindset of, I want to help you help your day, not interrupt your day. Um, and so I think that going into it with that kind of mindset and just not, not harboring any, any bad feelings if it doesn't go the right way, or, um, I think it's helped me a lot, um, but definitely waking up early, waking up early and, um, just, just ready to get after it every single morning. I love it. It's so, it's so true. Cause every day is game day, dude. Every day is game day when you're, when you're in sales. Um, I had a mentor uh, and he's, he's actually been on the podcast and what a piece of advice he gave me, you just said it. Uh, you know, I asked him one day, I'm like, you know, I want to be a top performer at my company. Like what, what can I do? He's like, JR, whatever the controllables are that the top performer is doing, do two times more than what they're doing. And the controllables are in, 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 in this, this role that you're in, this role that I spend time in, the role that really everybody has to do at some point in their career in sales, usually early on, um, activity is the only thing that you control. So 
that mindset of like do more, that's the, that's number one. And, and like, if you're looking in the mirror and you're not performing the way you are, you have to look at those controllables and say, what, what am I doing there that I can change and do more is like, that's going to be the title of this episode. Do more. Cause that's it, dude. <laughs> that, that's where it starts. That is it. Yeah. That's what, I mean, listen, that's where it starts. Right. Cause it's like day one. Okay. I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat as everyone else that's ever had a day one in sales. Literally failure is going to happen. The only thing that I can control is how many times I'm going to throw the darts at the board. Yep. And I want to throw it in there a thousand times if I can. I love it. I love it. Um, well, Darnell, we, you've, you've given us a lot of time. We ask, this is our final question. We ask everybody this question. We think that the highest praise that you can give a salesperson is calling them dialed in. It's one of the reasons that we focus on athletes and veterans is because we don't have to explain what being dialed in means. But I want to hear, how would you describe being dialed in? What does that mean to you as a sales professional? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, being dialed in means ready to get after it every single morning, no matter what's thrown at you, because there's going to be things that you can't control. Um, just being ready to step up to the challenge. And um, I'm in a fortunate position where I'm on a team of team leaders um, in the SDR position. And so I got selected to be on that team after my first month. And so I had no choice but to <laughs> really just step up my game from, from there on out. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for, for that opportunity and, and for the future. So just, just having that mindset of just ready to get after it every single day. That's what dialed in means for me. Perfect answer. It, it, by the way, it bundles in everything you said. It bundles in discipline. It bundles in like not panicking and it bundles in do more and just come in every day with, with that like ready to go mindset and you're, and you're going to crush it. I love it. Yes, sir. Darnell, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. We really appreciate you joining the show tonight. I, 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 I'm excited for this episode, my man. Thank you, JR. I appreciate you as always, man. This wraps up this episode of Merchants of Change. If you enjoyed this episode, the most meaningful way to say thanks is to submit a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in working with us, please come find us at www.shiftgroup.io.